Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez uh, here with me, Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed, actually from Glenn Beck Radio this week. Mm -hmm. I am Pat Gray Unleashed this week. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you are Glenn Beck. Indeed. <laughs> sort of. And then uh, also joined by special guest Chad Robichaw, who is the, finder, the founder of Mighty Oaks Foundation. Right. And Jeremy Stalnecker, who is the executive director of Mighty Oaks Foundation. Thank you for your uh, maiden voyage on the show. Yes, excited and, about it. And thank you for returning, Chad. Great, great to be back. Chad, you're, you're kind of a jack of all trades. Kind of, you, yeah. You dabble in everything, and you're right. really good at everything you dabble in. So it's not, interesting. Not true, but no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the I like to think that, but no. Uh, my wife would disagree. All right, Pat. What's the top story for you? Uh, I think the march of the steady march of socialism in this country and how accepted it is by Americans now. See, I told you you were Glenn Beck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not socialism. All right, Chad. I'd say the abortion debate or the lack of the actual debate, but abortion. Okay. And Jeremy. Memorial Day is coming up, and that's a very, very important day for us to celebrate and understand. Yes. Oh, I'm glad that you're bringing this up because it is really important to recognize what it's about and what it is not about. Right. Uh, a lot to get into, but first we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. Um, so if you are looking, you know, maybe to refi, um, might I suggest you check out American Financing? So it's an interesting path uh, <laughs> here that American Financing took with the Blaze. They reached out to Glenn before the 2008 crash, and they said, we want to do business with you, and Glenn being Glenn, right? He's like... <laughs> I don't believe any of you guys. I don't think you're going to last. You guys are doing business the wrong way. All of you are the same. Come back after the crash happens. And if you're still okay, I'll think about it. And so they came back. Good thing they were very persistent. Uh, they came back and they said, we're still here and we're still doing strong. We're fine because we do business the right way. Uh, our people are not commission-based, so they're not in it to get the kickbacks from the financial institutions. They're in it to actually help your families and get the best, you know, get the best deal for you, get the best arrangement for you, not put you in a situation where um, you're going to be in trouble in five or ten years. So if you are looking to refinance, you need a loan, go to AmericanFinancing.net or you can call 800 906 Two four four zero. All right, Pat. You said the uh, the steady march towards socialism. Yeah, it's it's kind of scary because uh, according to a new Gallup poll, forty three percent of Americans are okay with socialism mm. for our country. Mm. They they uh, they would be fine, I guess, if we if we switched from capitalism to socialism. So it's only we're down to a fifty one to forty three split now, when it used to be um, about. 7525. Wow. And how long ago do you know? About it's been 50 to 60 years. Okay. Um, but over that time the erosion it's really of not that long. Uh, no, but the the attitudes have changed so much in uh, in the United States and I I think it's because the left has been really effective in making socialism about equality. Mm -hmm. And compassion. Uh, and yeah, compassion. compassion yeah. And it has nothing to do with compassion. The government doling money out to people after they've stolen it from other people is not <laughs> compassion. And it's not charity. And uh, you see charity's effects best when you see capitalism at work, just like we did the other day with, with the guy uh, at the commencement who, who was the commencement speaker, and he paid off all the student loans of everybody in that graduating class. That's charity. That's, those are the fruits of capitalism. Right. But that's um, what the government should be doing, Pat. <laughs> no, yeah. no, that's not what the government should be doing. When the government does it, it's not, it's not uh, compassion. It's, it's uh, 
it's control. Right. Yeah. It's control because it comes in right. a certain way and the way the government decides, and you, that's imposed on everyone. You don't have a say-so at that point. And we're, we're expected to believe that taxes are charity. Taxes, that's force. Um, mm-hmm. Force isn't... Taxation uh, is theft. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a good thing. <laughs> I've heard that. So, so because they've, they've positioned capitalism as evil and all about the 1% and only the 1% prosper in capitalism, and they've positioned socialism as this kind and loving and equitable way of life, I think a lot of Americans have been duped by that, and, and it reflects in the polls, which is scary because we've got a lot of socialists running for office right now in the Democrat Party. Yeah, it's true. Um, and I will say it is, it is interesting, and I think that it adds to your point, Pat, that Americans are latching on to this message that makes them feel warm and fuzzy inside. Oh, socialism makes me feel good. But in that poll, if you actually look at uh, the numbers of Americans who wanted, who appreciated a free market, the majority of Americans still thought that the free market was good. They did not want government-run health care. They did not want all of these things, these facets of socialism. That lead to socialism. Right. Yeah. They, but they like, they like socialism. So that indicates to me that they just have no idea what socialism is, which is even scarier. It is. To yeah. Pat's point that we've got all of these socialist yeah. candidates and they think that they know what they're signing up for. Very clearly they do not, Jeremy. The compassion argument is a strange one. And I, I, I get it. I think that is the argument. But compassion has nothing to do with taking away my ability to help someone else. Right. And that's really the argument that's being made. Uh, if anything, when the government takes over these programs, you go back 60 or 70 years, it was the communities that were caring for people. It was individuals in the communities that were caring for people. It was churches. And as the government has taken more and more of the resources available, uh, so much of that has stopped. And so now we're dependent on the government because of charity, which mm-hmm. is not compassion. Yeah, um, Chad, I mean, socialism has gone really well for Venezuela. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> so we should definitely try. Yeah, we should, we should give it a try, and then 10 years later, we come back and have this good discussion again. And right. you know, I hope, uh, I really hope that we don't ever have to do that. And I mean, it's kind of, if you really just sit back and look at it, we're, we're you know, a capitalist country. And uh, last year, we had a you know, record. Uh, we were just strongest economically that we ever have been under the administration. And last year also, ironically, is the year that we had the most, we, we were record-breaking giving, uh, mm-hmm. and charitable giving from our country. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a reflection of, you know, people that are having, being part of a successful economy, uh, expressing their compassion and giving around the world. Which, by the way, Americans lead that uh, every year. Yeah. Yeah. Every year, Americans are by far and away the most charitable giving people on earth and last year it was well over 300 billion dollars so that's that's what capitalism breeds is is charity philanthropy yeah and um uh it, what's another thing that was frightening in this gallup poll is that over half of college students believe that it's okay to sometimes or always shout down speakers they disagree with <laughs> when they're speaking which is another, it's, uh. to me, it's, it's another aspect of socialism because you mm-hmm. start into the oppression mm-hmm. aspect of it and you shut down the other side and you silence voices because that's what it takes to control the people. And so there's, there's a couple of really frightening trends. Um, and especially when you've got so many people on the Democrat side. And the other thing about the, the survey was that 57, so 41% of people overall mm-hmm. um, like socialism, 57% of Democrats. Oh, um, that's not encouraging. Not at all. Because I, I would have liked to think that this whole radical socialist wing that's kind of breeding, you know, in the Democratic Party is a minority. You'd like yeah. to but think that. But that doesn't yeah. sound it to doesn't, be the case. It doesn't look like it, though. 
Unless, you know, like we, we were saying, unless they don't understand what socialism is. They might, some of those people might think that it means socializing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yeah. When we've asked people on more on trivia and other places, um, that's what they say a lot of times. Ah, <laughs> uh, socializing with people. I love social media. Social media, <laughs> Facebook, I like Facebook. Sadly, I do think it's a, it's a real, I mean, it's a trendy, there a is trendy some cool that. word, right? And, mm-hmm. and uh, people get behind it and hitch a wagon to it, not even knowing where it's headed. Right. It's yeah. so intellectually dishonest, though, <clears throat> to say that equality is the root of socialism or the heart of socialism, but if you say something I don't like, it's okay for me to shout that down and yeah. stop you. It's not socialism, not really. That's a great point. Well, and also, I mean, you know, we will all be equal in the sense that we'll all be equally poor and equally worse (laughs) off. Equally voiceless and equally have no power. Right. That all this could be happening at the same time we're watching Venezuela collapse in front of our eyes. Unbelievable. And and getting such a great example of what socialism breeds, it's pretty amazing. And you know what? I will say I do blame the media for a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Because, yes, Americans should do their homework, but... When they're consuming media who is not explaining to them the full story, that's right. that's what's going to happen. That's yeah, exactly what's right. going to happen. And not just CNN, right? The, the social platforms. Yes. Twitter and, and you know, uh, taking people off their platforms. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. People who want to tell the truth about things. Yeah. Uh, all right, Chad, I want to switch to the abortion debate. What is not being discussed? That's a, that's a, it's, it's not really a debate because there really is no debate happening. Okay. It's uh, just two really strong sides. You got, you know, where I would sit was just like an abolitionist, which believes all abortions, uh, which is what happened in Alabama. In fact, by a female governor, by the way. And then, uh, you know, people like me are, are being told that because I don't have a uterus, right. I have no opinion. I can play in female sports if I want to. <laughs> well, we um, also, <laughs> but I can't have an opinion. We, we obviously created these babies by ourselves right. as yeah. women. Right. You guys right. had no uh, yeah, no right. doing in that, right? right. It's, such a, it's such a weak cop-out for an argument to say that, well, you don't have a uterus. It's just trying to silence and shut shut people down. And, you know, I, I have a very strong opinion on this. And I, I believe that uh, in, in the, the right to life, I believe a life at conception. And I don't believe that any person has the ability to step in to, you know, God breathe life. And destroy their life, and uh, and I think the majority of Americans uh, agree with me. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and I do think that uh, to your point, when you look at the statistics of America, how Americans feel about abortion, and you look at you know let's say late term abortion, the majority of Americans think that that is abhorrent. Mm-hmm. The right. majority of Americans do not want to see that taking mm-hmm. place. Um, you know, I I will say there there are. A lot of Americans who are more comfortable, I'll use the term more comfortable, mm-hmm. with, you know, first trimester, mm-hmm. um, things of that nature. But once you start getting to the radical late-term yeah. abortions, Americans are not comfortable with that at all. It's over 80%. Yeah. Opposed. Yeah. Yeah. However, I don't think any one of the 2020 presidential candidates on the Democrat side have come out against late-term no, abortions. Not. That's they true. Not. None not of, of them. them. Not no. one single one. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Are they, are they tone deaf, Jeremy? I don't know if they're tone deaf. I think they're pandering to what they believe is their base. They clearly don't understand what the rest of America believes, mm-hmm. and they don't care. Yeah. Um, and I think the presidency of Donald Trump has really revealed that to us. If I had been told three or four months ago that there couldn't be an, an honest argument about this abortion issue, uh, I would push back on that. Of course, we can have an honest, intellectually you know, right argument, but clearly that is not the case. It has nothing to do with truth. It has nothing to do with what's right. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you can demonstrate life at some point and people would still say it needs to end, I, yeah. 
It's not an argument. It's right. it's what I believe. It's what I want. It's probably where this idea or this rise of socialism comes from. It's it's all about me. It's what I want, and you can't tell me no. Yeah. And I think that's that's all it is. <laughs> Pat, you want to weigh All in? they do is scream at you, a woman's right to choose, and that's supposed to end the argument, I guess. Um, well, you know, we've we've allowed women to choose for. 46 years now, and it's cost us 62 million lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are not good choices that are being yeah. made. And somebody's got to step in sometime and protect life. Yeah. I mean, we, we wouldn't let a woman choose as to whether or not I can knife Chad right now. <laughs> um, is it okay if I knife Chad? It's, it's my choice. Now, I, I wouldn't do it myself, but... <laughs> I wouldn't stop you from knifing right. Chad. I mean, there's some <laughs> just right. ridiculous arguments that are being made on behalf of the of the death cult, and and that's what I think it is now. Because when you when you have no limits on abortion, that's just that's just uh, a pro death cult. Yeah, there's, a, there's no. a heartlessness behind it too. I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of these social media posts where they have this, you know, this uh, you know partially formed fetus, and they're like people's comments were like. You know, stomp on it, flush it down the toilet, <clears throat> like this is just horrific comments. And uh, like our culture is where just are these people like terrible. And, uh, I mean, where their their hearts allow it. It's, it means it's it, it actually shocked me, and I'm not easily shocked by stuff like that. I was I was shocked mm. to see people's comments on this. Well, and I mean, you know, you have Alyssa Milano saying, "Stop calling it the heartbeat bill. Call it the what was it like the fetal." Pull cardiac yeah. activity yeah. bill. Well, they don't want to face. They don't want to face. They want. They want to rename everything that a convenient name for it, right? Yeah. It's, it's 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 you know the debate between whether it's a fetus and a de- the fetus and the definition of a fetus. Right. I don't care what the definition is. I don't care what the. I, I personally don't even care what the law is. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm you know I'm respect the laws of the land, but uh, I mean for me, I still have an issue with it, regardless of what is named or you call it a fetus or a baby. Yeah. I mean, it's life. Right. And you can't deb- debate that. It is. Uh, who knew the party of science all of a sudden yeah, right. is going to completely, less about science. Yeah, completely right. deny science. All right, back in a minute. You got to get amazing. On Before we jump back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, FreedomWorks. So heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's, cancers, these are all obviously really terrible illnesses that plague a lot of Americans today. Now, thankfully, America's doctors and researchers are working around the clock to find cures for them all, but... What we need is price control, right? No. We need to control those prices. The well, government should control the prices. That's the thing, <laughs> is that that's not what we need. What? Yes, I'm telling you, Pat, because huh. I don't know if you've noticed what goes on in other countries, mm-hmm. but when that happens, it all kind of goes to crap. Mm. If, in case you haven't Weird. noticed, it causes like uh, shortages of medications. You can't mm-hmm. get access to them. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes when government gets involved in um, you know, private businesses, the results aren't great. You kill incentive. Why would you kill incentive? That's yes. what you're telling me? Like, a little bit. That can't be true. <laughs> I don't believe anything you're saying right now. <laughs> I was just talking to my uh, neurosurgeon who's going to do surgery on my back. And uh, I've just had these injections mm-hmm. recently, mm-hmm. T- two injections that have really kind of saved my life um, yeah. and helped help me get out of excruciating pain and just make it kind of normal pain. Um, so he was saying, if you're in Canada or the U.K., or anywhere, those injections are not available. You just can't do them. 
They, they wow. give you some pills wow. and send you home because they just, you can't get it done there. Wow. So that's what price control, that's what socialist, yes. socialized medicine brings yep. is that you don't get that kind of service. And we've got um, the HHS secretary right now, uh, Secretary Azar, they're trying to go in that direction that Pat's talking about, mm-hmm. where we're gonna have, they're going to have price control and then there's going to be nothing that we can do. There's a reason why people come into this country uh, for health care to get procedures done. So, um, you know, if you want to stop them, and you all should, it's going to take every single person watching to stop this. Go to freedomworks.org news and tell Azar and your elected officials to fix patients, not prices. That's bad. We don't want the price control. Freedomworks.org news. Go there and uh, take action. All right, Jeremy, you yes. said uh, you want to talk about Memorial Day. About Memorial Day. Memorial Day is coming up. And uh, I think this is a, an often misunderstood holiday. It's one that we celebrate. We don't always know why. Um, White sales? Yes. <laughs> or barbecues. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the reason. So I have, I have nothing else to say. We can move on. Beer, because that's it. That's the whole thing. Three-day weekend. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of the, even the other things that we talk about, the, the freedoms that we enjoy as a country, the trend towards socialism, the abortion debate, all of these things, in a sense, come back to what it is exactly that we celebrate on Memorial Day. We celebrate the mm-hmm. fact that young men and women are willing to go somewhere they've probably never been to fight a war they may not understand mm-hmm. in defense of the freedoms that we enjoy as Americans. And you know, over the years, coming from a military background, we work in a military organization. This is not Veterans Day. This isn't when we thank those who have served, although that's fine. Um, I'm not gonna does, it make you, does it make you feel uncomfortable? It doesn't make me feel uncomfortable because people that thank us for service on Memorial Day don't understand. Right. And I'm not going to be upset at someone who says, thank you for your service when they're simply you don't trying to... when they say that. You know, and a lot of people do get upset. No, he punches and, them. He goes straight to the punch, Pat. What's crazy is in the, in the veteran community, there is some of that where people get really incensed yeah. about, why would you, because my brother's died. And, and uh, I, I try to educate, certainly. Um, and that's what this conversation would be about. But it, it's not about that. And I'm thankful for people that say thank you. But really, it's about remembering uh, that what makes America great is that there are people in our country willing to stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves, willing to defend uh, freedom abroad. Uh, what's the abortion debate about? Why does it matter in America? Because Americans have always stood up for those who can't stand up for themselves, stood up for those who can't defend themselves, and given a voice to others who uh, don't have a voice on their own. So Memorial Day uh, is a day, I think, that should be somber in the sense of remembering. It should be something that brings gratefulness and thankfulness to our hearts, and then something that we should have barbecues and get-togethers and, and enjoy ourselves, because that is exactly what those people, those young men and women, died to preserve, is the freedom to do those things. Uh-huh. And that's, that's the way we need to live on Memorial Day. Yeah. So. Um, Chad, do you think that it's been com- too commercialized, Memorial Day? I mean, I, I definitely think that, uh, you know, there's most of America, and I see these, these like, uh, man in the street interviews, and they ask what Memorial Day is, and people can't even answer that question. Yeah, well, because yeah, as you yeah. said, they think Veterans Day and Memorial Day right, is yeah. the same thing, I think. And so they don't even know if it's, some people don't even know if it's related to the military. Really? And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, well, that's terrifying. So, so for that, you know, I, I think that's, uh, makes me sad and mm-hmm. bothers me. However, I, I do think that people should celebrate. I don't think some people should feel bad about celebrating. I think it's a moment, like Jeremy said, where you, uh, kind of take a, take a pause out from life and you reflect on those who have given us the lives and the abilities to be able to, uh, have a weekend and a barbecue and celebrate and, and, uh, and enjoy family and an extra day off for the weekend. Yeah. I think that's great. And I think people should. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, is there anything we haven't commercialized too much? <laughs> yeah, uh, sure, sure. That's a great point. You know, yeah. Easter is now 
commercialized to the point where uh, it's not it's it's more about rabbits than it is <laughs> you know the <laughs> resurrection right, of yeah. the savior right so well same with christmas same with christmas i mean you've got santa claus mm-hmm. i i always feel like i need to give my son a you know a sit down every christmas cuz it becomes so much about the gifts and the toys is it not about and, that yeah right <laughs> and i'm four like kids say it's about that yeah i'm like yeah. But do you really remember right. why we're doing this? Right. Yes. So right. it's this hard. This is a really good reminder. Yeah. 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 And I feel like this is a great uh, point for you guys to talk a little bit about your organization um, and what you guys do for, sure. for veterans. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go? No, you're the founder and president, so I'll let you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Mighty Oaks, I mean, first of all, the Blaze has been just an incredible supporter, and Glenn, Glenn personally, uh, to Mighty Oaks. And so Mighty Oaks Foundation, we exist to do really two things. One is we do a resiliency program where we go to travel to bases around the world and speak about combat resiliency. Uh, I, I'm invited I, I, for four years now to speak to, at Marine Corps boot camp to the recruits and talk about resiliency, spiritual resiliency, combat readiness in order to prevent uh, these statistics that we hear about, the 20-plus-a-day veteran suicides, mm-hmm. the divorces, the, the rates of uh, those being diagnosed with PTSD. And so to give them tools in advance to be able to be prepared for their service in the military. And we've spoken to over 100,000 active-duty warriors at bases that we're invited to doing that. Our core program is the second half that we do, and that's our, our recovery programs. We call them our legacy programs. We have four ranches around the country in California, Texas, Virginia, and Ohio. And so military members who are in active duty or from the veteran community will come to these programs uh, and we have about 40 that will come at a time, mm-hmm. and we have 30 of these programs per year. And uh, they come free. We, uh, we pay for, cover all the costs. We scholarship them in through the support of a grateful nation, uh, co- including covering their travel. And we've had 2,600 graduates come through uh, that program, many struggling with so many things, uh, suicide attempts and things like that. And, uh, and we've really been able to not only help them get well, but help them move forward and then be productive beyond their military service, whether it's back in the military because they're still on active duty or transitioning, to come back home and not just uh, get well, but be contributors in their communities and their, in our nation. That's so important and so, and so necessary. What, what is the statistic? Uh, 22 per day? Yeah. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. Yeah. The number fluctuates. I, I think anecdotally, though, we would believe it's much higher than that. Much higher than much that. Much higher than. They're that. reporting really? that. Their reporting base is about 50 percent. Uh, so at 20, at 20, the last VA report in 2000. You're saying over 40 a day. We, we wouldn't know because, of the, but but the but the base the the base uh, that they pull, that they polled was about 50 percent of reporting from the country. So it could be. Wow. There's no a, mandatory reporting, so right. It's just what you get. On the other side, though, the active duty side. Um, that's a probably a more stable number, and we're told it's almost four active duty service members a day take their life. Which the last report p- reporting period was one, so in the last the years, direction. it's went from one to four. Uh, oh, oh there's, my goodness! There's 1,100 programs that's in the crazy. DoD and, and VA uh, since in the last in the last 15 years. That number from that number 22 that everyone talks about mm-hmm. that you yeah. asked about it was it was 16 15 years ago, and with 1,100 clinical programs in place, the number is getting worse. Mm. So, you know, we, yeah. we're big on pushing, uh, you know, obviously faith-based solutions, faith-based program, uh, as what Mighty Oaks is, we exist uh, as, a, as a faith-based solution. And uh, most of the mm. faith-based programs out there have had tremendous success. Um, this is also yeah. a great reminder that uh, the answer isn't always more government programs. It's, uh, you know, yes. privatized, uh, you know, areas and industries and uh, people who aren't just going to go through the, the red tape and their bureaucracies and they're really going to make it about helping people. We've, we've done this long enough now that we have some studies behind us now and, and some big studies and one even on our program that demonstrate that uh, non-clinical programs like mm-hmm. ours have been more successful for the long term than clinical programs. So it's mm-hmm. a proven 
proven truth. Yeah, we just finished a three-year doctoral, independent doctoral study on on our alumni. And uh, yeah, it was incredible. That's amazing. Well, um, you guys have done amazing, amazing work. Uh, all right, back in a minute. You should tell people how to go if they want to. Yeah, no. <laughs> all right, now that you guys have told us all of the uh, valuable work that you're doing, where can everyone find you? Well, one, any veteran, spouse, uh, active duty member is interested in coming to the programs. Programs are totally free. We even cover travel to those programs. And uh, you can get on mightyoaksprograms.org, uh, programs with an S.org, and uh, apply to come to the program. Someone will get right back to you and we'll, we'll take care of you, help you get scheduled for one of about 30 dates uh, at our legacy program. Uh, bases, reach out to us. We speak at bases all over the world. And, uh, and we don't charge for that. And we do a resiliency events. Um, this weekend, I'll be at... I'll be at, okay, th yeah, this weekend I'll be in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, speaking for Memorial Day at the Assembly. So if you're in Oklahoma, come and come hear me. Awesome. Overtime starts next. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right, so the New York Times uh, ran a piece, I'm not sure if any of you gentlemen saw it, saying that the happiest of all American wives are actually religious conservatives. Now, um, they said fully 73% of wives who hold conservative gender values and attend religious services regularly with their husbands have high-quality marriages. And when it comes to relationship quality, there is a J-curve in women's marital happiness with women on the left and the right enjoying higher quality marriages than those in the middle, but especially wives on the right. Now, as you can imagine, this did not sit well with the left <laughs> and they kind of lost their minds. Yeah. Um, they started, talk did, did any of you see it on social media? Okay, no. they were saying it, that's only because they turned to their husbands and asked them how to answer before they answered the survey. Oh There's nothing wrong with that. Let's just be clear, let's just be clear right now. And before that, they were in the kitchen making him a sandwich. Lose your mind over that, why don't you? Um, but you know, it's interesting that they just can't imagine that a religious and evangelical conservative woman would be happy because obviously we're all oppressed, Pat. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't surprise anybody that these godless animals are unhappy. I'm surprised by the statistic. I thought for sure that Antifa women would be the most joyful, right? I mean, they, that's they just true. express joy. They, express they do. They do, and they shower frequently. It's, oh wait, no, I don't yeah. think that they do. Yeah, yeah wrong group. That's yeah. the that's the conservative uh, married woman. Um, it, but I mean, it is interesting. Do you think it speaks to religion at all, Jeremy? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think in, in any area of life, when you have purpose mm -hmm. and direction, and you understand the actual boundaries, mm -hmm. you you understand that there's a created purpose, and I can live toward that. When, when you work toward that, it eliminates so much of the angst and so much of the anxiety and so much of the confusion and so much of the, the confrontation and difficulty in those relationships. So, uh, 100%. You're headed together. Yes. You're moving to the same, same place. Yes. Right. And, and you and know understand which lane is. you should be in. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it gives you, it gives you uh, a roadmap. That's right. For success. Well, and, and not, um, you know, an easy out. 
because I think right. that a lot That's of people true. these days, they're all about Something the instant. Something goes wrong and they're ready to go. Right. Yes, yeah, and they're all Rather about the, the right. instant gratification. Yeah. If I'm not happy right now, I'm just going to move on to something else. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing keeping them in that, you know, in that marriage because it's so easy to, to get out. Right. Sacredness of that relationship definitely combine, or, uh, causes a, a binding that will keep you moving together when things do get hard, when you have kids, when the transitions of life happen. What keeps you moving through that? Well, I can't leave. This is a sacred right. commitment that I've made to my spouse. Mm -hmm. Right. And working through and growing. So what you're saying is we're all trapped. <laughs> just pretending like we're happy. That's what I keep telling my wife. You're trapped. <laughs> you're trapped you can't go with anywhere. Me. That's what she keeps telling me. So. I think, go ahead, yeah, I was going to say, you know, people, you hear the comment that there's no blue book, no manual to life, there's yeah. no blue book to mar uh, blueprint to marriage. That's just not true. There is. You just have to read it and, uh, and align your, make a decision to align your life to it. And I can tell you that as someone that was been married for 24 years now, the first half of our marriage was not aligned to it and our marriage was miserable. My wife mm -hmm. would say the same thing if she was here. Uh, but when we made the decision, the intentional decision to align our lives to the lives we were created to live and our marriage to the marriage by design as it was intended to be, it radically changed our lives and, and you know, our marriage is like any other marriage right now, but we have a joy yeah. and a peace about us and, and we know we're you know, locked on together and move forward together. It's, I love that. Yeah. I love that. What a liberating feeling. I think it also speaks to just the hateful rhetoric and the division um, going on right now that that this that this piece would run and it would be so unbelievable to the other yeah. side that they would just lose their minds right. and say you know this is that's not true they're they're just controlled by their husbands they're just self-loathing women it really shows you who the haters are yeah and it's absolutely. not the right it, it, it's the, the mm. people on the left absolutely loathe religious people or or anything that shows that that um, guidance and that way of life is good and right, they, they just can't accept it. Yeah. Hillary Clinton said this as a result of one of her, or the blames for the election, right? That women were kind of pers yes. uh, persuaded to vote yes. against her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Uh, they, they couldn't think for themselves. What an insult. Right. <laughs> oh, man. I know I don't understand what the feminists, you know, look up to these people. I'm like, no. did you just insinuate that I don't know how to think for myself? That's not very feminist no. of you. Yeah. It only counts when it's when it's on their side. When it's on their side, they can say whatever they want mm -hmm. and everything's fine and they can be viewed as, you know, these feminist icons. But really, if you look at their actions, no, that's not yeah. so feminist of you. Yeah. It's not so feminist of you. Uh, all right. Speaking of hatefulness, so March, back in March, the San Antonio City Council, um, I don't know if you guys recall this, blocked a Chick-fil-A from opening a franchise in the airport yeah. in San Antonio. So <laughs> there was actually a save Chick-fil-A bill. <laughs> here in Texas that passed both houses of the legislature, um, what was it, yesterday? And uh, the governor is supposed to sign it today, um, but they voted for it 79 to 62. <laughs> they come and take it. <laughs> that is great. Chick-fil-A is like, Chick like the Muhammad Ali of business. You just can't hit it. I know. They're loving it. They're I know. Like, Keep bringing it because oh, it's so more chicken. The guy who sponsored the bill said, you know, obviously it'll prevent the government from treating companies like Chick-fil-A unfairly. I love that Texas is paving the way with the same Chick-fil-A bill. Me too. It's, it's fitting. Because Chick-fil-A, Pat, gets a lot of hate. They do. Like, the entire company is somehow bigoted. And if you actually look mm -hmm. at the way that that message even got started, it's not even close to the truth. No, not at all. They, I right. think it got started because the, 
the, the owner, yeah, the didn't he say he supports traditional, traditional marriage? marriage. Right. Yes. He didn't say anything about yep. same-sex no. marriage, yeah. to my knowledge. No. He just supported traditional marriage, right. and that was enough. I mean, all hell broke loose after that. But it doesn't hurt yeah. that, was it uh, Malcolm Jenkins from the Eagles that said, <laughs> Chicken too tasty. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it certainly it doesn't hurt it that they've got great chicken and great milkshakes. And great and, service. And great service. I mean, and, Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out, you can't walk in there and, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the customer service you get, and they're both Christian-owned companies. Right. Uh, I mean, they're just I don't, amazing customer I, service. I don't frequent In-N-Out. Is it really comparable to Chick-fil-A? Because Chick-fil-A has got a high bar. Chick-fil-A only makes chicken sandwiches, which really isn't worth paying for. But in and out sells <laughs> hamburgers. And hamburgers make sense, yes. Yeah. My family spends more money at In-N-Out than I think anywhere else. Yeah. yeah but they, the, both Christian-owned companies and the, the values in the companies reflect in the customer service and the way people are treated when they go in there. Yeah. So I think on that level, they definitely compare. Yeah. It's amazing companies. I was shocked. I, um, you know, they have the Chick-fil-A One app. And I went to go take my son lunch and so I went and did the order hit send got to the restaurant and they were like we don't have we don't have an order from you and I pulled it up and he said oh you ordered to the wrong location that's the other location down the road and I was like crap like I already prepaid I ran my credit card he's just like don't worry about it I've got it you know, you don't need to worry yeah. about paying. Grabbed it in, I swear, 10 seconds flat somehow, and then handed it to me, and I was on my way. Yeah. Just That's awesome. no hassle, no trouble. Yeah, they, don't, they don't hassle people. Uh, we sent Jeffy in there a couple years ago. You know, every year, they, every year Chick-fil-A does a, you, you dress up as a cow <laughs> and go, into the, and go into, the, uh, into the restaurant, you'll get a free chicken sandwich. <laughs> well, we decided Jeffy didn't need to dress up. <laughs> so Jeffy went into Chick-fil-A and said, moo. And they weren't supposed to give him a chicken sandwich, but they did. But they did. Because yeah. yeah. they're awesome. But, or did we confirm that they just really, truly weren't sure <laughs> if he was saw, a cow? Okay, yeah, there's a cow. So I will say they who, gave him a chicken sandwich. <laughs> whoever runs, whoever is in charge of running the Chick-fil-A drive-thru during rush hour needs to be in charge of the government. Oh my gosh! They run the DMV. They run the DMV, right? You're so right. They got that thing down. They go through the line fast. Yes. I always feel bad for the workers whenever they're standing outside and it's it's raining or it's cold. I'm just like, oh, honey, how much are you getting paid? And they seem fine with it. They seem happy about it. They love it. I don't know where they find these guys, but they're happy about it. They could sell their manual for how to recruit people. Yeah. I feel because I think a lot of businesses would be very interested to know how do you vet these people right. to make sure that they are, you know, mm-hmm. they're appropriate for the job. They're going to rise to the occasion. I want to go back to something that you said, Jeremy, about in and out. Yes. No, I'm just curious, though. I thought it was about the not liking chicken thing. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I am judging you for okay, that. Right, but, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> have you ever had Whataburger? I have. You don't think it? Do you so think Whataburger is, is kind of like Burger King, only it's a level maybe up from Burger King. Really? In and out is in a completely different category. It is. Completely you're completely different. You're category. Shake Shack, aren't you? Team Shake Shack. Uh, yeah. I like okay. Shake Shack, but I haven't been to Shake Shack. But I, but I actually like Chick Fil A better than Shake Shack. I do. Chicken too tasty. <laughs> Stand by that. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. Yesterday's poll. What did you think of the Game of Thrones ending? Sixty-four percent of you said bad. Thirty-six percent said good. I don't know if you guys watch Game of Thrones. I don't. Neither does Pat. I'm I'm going to finish it eventually. I've only gotten through three seasons, so I have been trying really hard to avoid spoilers. But apparently, I mean, I'm not excited about watching the end of it now. If sixty-four percent of you guys said it was bad, 
That's not... You know what's crazy to me about Game of Thrones? If I can just get on a soapbox for Please. a second. Soapbox. <laughs> I have not seen one, in, one uh, episode of it. However, I was scrolling through uh, Twitter yesterday, and the world is blowing up around us. Iran, we're not sure what's happening there. The abortion issue is out of control. And the only thing people want to scream about is a water bottle that was seen in some yeah. scene at Game of Thrones. It drives me crazy. Or how bad the finale was. It's incredible that's, to me that amazing. with as many important things that are happening in our world, mm-hmm. that that's, that's what gets play. I think, well, I think that speaks sad. to a moral problem, to <laughs> problem that, in our country. But to that point, I'm done. This I'm is, off my no, this now. is really going to make you sick, um, that there was a, the New York Post... Um, reported that there are therapists on call to help oh people gosh. who are unhappy with yeah. the Game of oh, Thrones for now. Go back in the soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not for medication. <laughs> we need to medicate those people heavily and put them in a room somewhere. Just pull them right out of the pool and we'll be better off. <laughs> Socialism, not a problem. Abortion, not a problem. They're gone. Those people are gone. <laughs> All right. We've solved the problem. Great job. <laughs> All right. Uh, today's poll, the corporate press has become a partisan and politically motivated. Can it be saved? Ooh, let us know what you think. Pat, what do you think? Nope. I don't think so either. I hate to be doing it. I don't want to take the poll, but no. <laughs> okay. Well, we're just going to officially register Pat's vote as no. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get online and take it. What do you think? No, no. Really? It cannot be saved. No. Yeah. Well, but what happens then? What happens next? Alternate media. I mean, this. Yeah. Us. This. Yeah, I think. And more of this yeah. without the control of the networks. Yeah, I mean, this exists. The blaze exists because of subscribers and what people want and what people are willing to pay for. Uh, when it's yeah. not, not that way, then. And there's going to be more of this, yes. of this kind of thing yes. in the future. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's a great point because CNN sees their ratings dropping. Yeah. Just free fall. And they're not doing anything to course correct. In fact, I think probably they're just doubling, they're doubling down. down. Yeah, on the same they're not, thing. Because they're not a media outlet. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, they're yep. talk show. Yeah, well, that's, with, with, that's with a great point. And speaking points. Yep, that's a great point. Uh, all right, thank you so much, gentlemen, Thank for you. being here yes. and joining us on the show. It's great. always a pleasure. No, absolutely. Thanks for having us. And uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.